the lodge, where old and new friends gather for discussion and camaraderie, where the serious and trivial are debated with equal intensity. So pull up a chair to the fire and welcome to the Southern Lodge. <laughs> hey y'all. Hey y'all, it's 23rd episode of the Southern Lodge podcast. We got going a little early. I forgot to hit record. We're just talking about uh, opening weekend of whitetail gun season. It's about to go down this weekend coming up. Aaron was just explaining how because of poor family scheduling, he's going to miss the opening weekend of gun season because his brother decided to get married in Texas. Look, Mike, my, my brother is a good man. Okay, he's a good man. When, when he dies and he's outside the pearly gates, there's not going to be many sins that he has to answer for. But this is going to be one of them. Uh, scheduling his wedding on opening day of whitetail deer season is most certainly a mortal sin. And uh, there's many a dead outdoorsman that are shedding a tear that something like this, something so atrocious could take place on such a beautiful day well it's not even Uh, that it's your brother's from mississippi he's from the south he went to state he's a football fan you don't get married on a saturday in the fall in the south and it's gun opening weekend of deer season well you know my brother he's uh not one who really cares about what's most convenient Uh, (laughs) So, anyway, yeah, I, I, I've I've made my peace with it. So, Aaron, what's your schedule like for this weekend since you're going out of town? Uh, we fly out on Thursday night, Mobile to Fort Worth, DFW. Uh, we're there Friday, Saturday. We fly back Sunday. And uh, Tristan and I are loading up the dogs, headed up to stay in the 1993 Airstream Accela. Uh, we've got five nights planned up there at the camp we're gonna do thanksgiving oh. up there too so you're so you're off next great week. oh yeah god nice. be praised nice i'm all ha- hashtag education that's that's awesome um i'm going this weekend so to let you know how it goes i'm just off thursday yep. and friday of thanksgiving weekend but you know Me too. yeah it's mm. uh DFW is a that freaking nightmare of an airport, FYI. When you're flying back home, make sure you get there early. It's not really? bad. Is that the one with the uh, the train, the tram? Yes. Oh, yeah. Never mind. That one is kind of bad. And it's all under construction. The last time I yeah. flew out of it, it's under construction. Mm-hmm. So in flying in is not going to be a problem. It's flying back out because I know I sat at a gate, and then that damn thing was like, Flight blah 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 is switched to here, and you had to freaking all the way across the airport, and then we get there, and they change it to somewhere else. So make sure you get there mm. early. Okay. Fly. <laughs> You're coming back. That is. I don't know. I, I've flown out of there, and I haven't had trouble with flights moving or connections as long as you get to your to the tram tram thing and can read your where you're going. It's not that bad. I did see someone take a tumble, though, last time because that tram thing gets going a little bit. And uh, if you're not ready for the, the stop and go and you're not holding on, I did see I did see someone go flying last time. Is it a similar system to what Atlanta has? It's not with as the big. tram? 
I don't think I've ever taken the tram at Atlanta. I have. It's not as big. Which which one? I pulled my phone out. Atlanta is way bigger than DFW. Uh It's a lot bigger and more crazy than what DFW is. That train goes like zero to 40 miles an hour in like two seconds. (laughs) So to get back on the hunting thing, Aaron, have you seen anything decent on your cameras? I actually pulled my cameras up uh, late September, early October. Uh, Both my corn feeders got knocked over. They were covered in mud. Uh, The bottoms had been knocked off of them. They're not broken. Nothing's broken. Uh, But actually, one of my cameras was all smudged up with mud, too. And I I already knew what it was going to be when I got back to the house, but I put the card in and checked it out. And uh, You know, both my plots are kind of, they're probably on the same 200-acre track of land in both my primary stands and that those same pack of hogs that i've been this will be my fourth season in there i've never had hogs uh but they're they're hitting both of my food plots probably because i had a corn feeder so i've i've pulled the corn feeders out i'm not putting corn back out this season i'm just gonna hunt on the the food plots and is what it is so you have a climber too don't you oh yeah i've got a uh he just got one for Christmas last year. Yeah, it's a Viper. It's the cheaper version. It's the I think it's steel. It's pretty heavy, but it's comfortable. Mine's it's light, climber. but I haven't I haven't had a chance. I got it Friday. I got the Summit Goliath SD, I believe. I got it because it was a big boy one. You know, being as tall and big as I am, I needed yeah. to get something a little bigger than just your average. Get one ready for that extra workout. Um. Aaron showed me how to love. Uh, Aaron showed me how he did his one time. <laughs> I was like, "No, I'm good." Do you leave your love hunting out of a climber? You know, I don't think it's a good call to. I mean, the whole the advantage of a climber is the element of surprise and being incognito. I mean, you know, those deer are roaming around all the time. This is just I don't have any evidence of this. This is just me just BSing. But I think if you leave your climber out, you know, and a, and a mature buck walks by and just happens to sniff it, he's probably going to be spooked out of the area for a week or two, maybe more. Hmm. Uh, you know, you might as well pull it out of there. And, I mean, I, I practice scent control, but there's only so much you can do. I mean, your climber's surely got some scent on it, surely. Yeah, I was I was I thinking know. about leaving mine because, you know, the only time I'm going to use it is out that land I got permission to hunt. And I mean, like I was talking to Mike earlier, there's no, it's not finished. Um, it's kind of rough. I mean, it's, I went out there yesterday because I just got to go out there for the first time on Saturday to kind of get my bearings with it. And I set a couple cameras up Saturday and then, dude, it was so many freaking thorns and shit on the trails. I had to go buy a machete to clean the trails up because I just, there's no way at 3.30 or 4 o'clock in the morning my ass is walking down that damn trail. I mean, I, my hands are all cut up right now. It got me in the face once. I mean, it was pretty rough, but it's it's 70 acres, man, but it hunts a whole lot bigger than that. Um, it's It's got a lot, but where I'm going to hunt, it's in the very, very back. So it's, it's a decent walk. I was out there yesterday. I brought a bag of corn, and the guy that's allowing me to hunt it said, throw a bag of rye out. It should sprout up pretty quick. Um and especially with I've, all the rain we've been getting throughout the area 
Well, and that's why I went back yesterday is because I saw that it was supposed to rain all week. So I threw it all out over there. Dude, it was a pain in the butt. I ended up walking like three miles back there. And with all that weight on my back, it was a pain. Dude, my forearm feels like it's about to fall off from cutting all them stupid thorns down. Or trying to at least clean it up to where I could walk. So um, have you climbed a tree yet? I have not. It's been, the weather <laughs> hadn't been great. I'm going to do it on Friday. You, well, you got pine trees out like in front of your apartment. You ain't got to go all the way to the woods. Just climb one of Dude, them. It's pouring raining right now. Yeah. I mean, I have it all put together. I just have to get it on a tree. You know how to do it, right? Yes. Yeah. Aaron showed me that. He was like, "You just you you get the top set, and then you lift your legs. Then then you stand. Then you pull it up. Then you lift your legs again. And it's like that's a full body workout. I don't need that to go hunting." I think the first few times I go, I'm not going to go way up. I'm going to probably, you know, if something happens, I can fall and be okay. Um, I'll probably sit about 10 feet. That's probably what I'm going to do. And they say to go, what, 15, something like that? Uh, I've, I've been as high as 30 feet. I, I don't typically, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It depends on what the area is that I'm hunting. Do you but, harness? Uh, I, every time. Even ten feet, I put the harness on. I that that to me is like a no brainer. I mean, I like both my legs, <laughs> and I do want to live. You know, I still have like disability insurance just in case something happens. Like, I get stuck in the harness for like three hours, and I don't know something. I don't know. You lose a I, nut, yeah. No, they say it will kill you because they I, give you this DVD on that when the whole package, and you have to watch it and. It goes in detail about if you hang for too long and, you know, until somebody can get to you, it shows you different ways to keep your circulation because if you don't, it says it'll kill you. The blood clots. Well, you know, you're supposed to use uh, a relief strap too. So, like, when you have your harness and, you know, you're, you're tied to the tree with your harness, you're supposed to also have a relief strap ran around with your harness. Now, I don't climb up with that, which is probably stupid because you're most likely going to fall, I think, climbing up or climbing down. Uh, when you're sitting still, like, it, it would just, it would kind of be a freak accident for you to slip down. And I, I also only, I try to only climb pine trees because the bark is just really conducive to climbing. It's, it's soft, but when it bites in there, it doesn't slip, you know, like, Real slick oak trees where there's not a whole lot of blocky bark, that's where you're going to have an accident because there's just nothing there. But uh, anyway, that relief strap, it, it loops. It has two loops. It's, a, it's about a seven or eight foot strap with two loops on the end. And, um, you know, you loop it through itself around the tree. And the bottom loop that dangles towards the ground is designed for you to slip your foot in and lift yourself up like bear hugging the tree you lift yourself mm -hmm. up and then slide your uh your tie strap where your harness is hooked to the tree slide that down tighten it back up let the pressure off move your release strap down and uh, just work yourself back down the tree i've never done it it'd probably be a good idea to go practice that but yeah i saw that's kind of a worst I, case scenario yeah i saw that it comes with it because you know summit gives you all that stuff in the package <clears throat> but i mean stand itself is very easy to put together i mean it probably took me five minutes i think the only thing that i haven't put together is the little backpack assembly it comes with um to mm. carry it i don't know if yours comes with that but mine's got some ropes and stuff that you make it into a backpack to carry in and out 
like I said, dude, I'm I'm more than likely gonna keep it in there because it's just such a haul for me to get in and out. I mean, if I had to guess, it's probably half a mile, somewhere around there, three quarters of a mile. It's a decent little hike. And, and well, I so mean, I may leave it out there. D- just depends on what you're hunting. I mean, in my opinion, if you're hunting a small, tight, like there's a creek bottom we have in our club that's bow hunting only it's can't use it during deer season gun season but uh, it's so tight in there the deer are going to pass close to the trees you're you're climbing in so like if you leave it in there they're going to walk past it and they're going to say hey that's new that's different they're probably going to smell it but like if you're hunting the edge of a cutover or really wide open bottom you you may have a pretty good chance of uh not busting your your spot in there I, I don't know. I, I like them because it's the element of surprise. You know, you, you if you if you hunt the wind and you uh, spray down with some kind of scent protection, scent blocker, theoretically you should be able to get up in there and they have no idea you're there, which it's worked out for me a few times. I'm about to buy the little package deal that they have at Cabela's. It's like at the uh, laundry detergent. Um, body wash and shampoo and the spray mm-hmm. and whatnot and it's like 20 bucks figured give it a try Cause I, I mean <clears throat> I've never hunted out of a climber before I've hunted on some lean twos um, but never did a climber so it's going to be I, I know that it's going to be a little different yeah you're going to be nice and sweaty no dude I was dying yesterday that's what I'm saying. There ain't no way my butt's my, going up to elk hunt anytime soon. Uh, through through time and climbing, I, I know, like, if I'm going to a shooting house, let's say I like to be, and I don't even remember now because every hunting season I restart, but let's say I want to be settled in by 215. Well, if I'm going to hunt a shooting house, I know that I can just show up and climb in there and, you know, I know what time I need to leave. For climbing, the more time you allow yourself, the better. Because what you don't want to do is get into a rush. Because then that's when you get pissed off, and that's when you start sweating, and you're cussing, and you're ready to just pack it up and go back to the camp and try it again tomorrow. You know. But if you if you plan enough time and just take your time, it's so relaxing, and it's it's my favorite way to hunt. My plan is obviously when I go out there. They're going to be all day sits. I mean, because it's it's an hour away from my place one way. I mean, I can't just go in and then come out. I mean, it'd be worthless. And there's nothing going on in the town. So I'm going to just bring something to eat and sit in the tree. There you go. The download, entire day. Probably download there. some movies on your phone. No, I mean, I'll probably just sit there. I mean, it's the way I usually do. I don't watch movies and stuff. I just sit. What y'all's take on peeing in the woods? I do, and I've never had a problem. I mean, last year I peed off a lean-to. Five seconds later, <laughs> I had a buck walk right probably 50 yards from me. I couldn't hold it anymore. I had to. Eh, I think it's probably a natural sound. I don't know. I've done it. I can't remember the last time I've done it, though. But I know when I was uh, growing up, we had the pee jug in the stand. It was a old milk jug that if you had to go to the bathroom, you peed into it. Now, my dad did have a deer stand up in Philadelphia that this is when I was like 
three or four but he actually had a funnel and a garden hose that he had run into the ground so if you needed to pee you just peed into the funnel and it ran under the ground and that's what he did that's pretty sweet mm-hmm. that's a good idea but no i just i've always just pissed out there never had any issues i mean the thing the thing to do would be to put a camera on it like you know, <laughs> really really juice up and then pee somewhere and put a camera on it and see what happens. Yeah. I threw a 50-pound bag of corn out yesterday. I'm going to put some cameras out. I'll probably check it at the end of the week. It depends on what my plan is this weekend, if what happens. If I go down to Auburn, then that'll be good because I'll be able to hunt down there. Or that's where I'm going to hunt, so I won't mess with the place that I – the permission land. But obviously, if I'm not able to go down there <coughs> – then I will <clears throat> hunt the permission land. What restrictions, if any, do you have on that uh, None. permissions land? I can do whatever I want. <clears throat> can go when I want. Um, I need to cut the lock off the gate because I can't pull the truck in there because he lost the key to the lock. Um, so I just, I mean, it makes it even further walk. And I mean, there's a big freaking down tree right there. So I'd have to get rid of that too, which I don't really want to deal with. So if I kill something, it's gonna be a pain in the ass because it's a it's a haul out there. Well, do like uh like they do in the Midwest and out here in Texas. Uh, we just got done while well, I was out in El Paso working, and one of the judges the well the only floor we did until the judges realized that the carpet they picked out wasn't cushiony enough for them. But he had pictures of uh, hunting out in, like, the scrub out there or somewhere. I, I don't know where you hunt deer in El Paso at. But anyway, they all his deer photos were, um, shoot, uh, what's the word when you gut them on the ground? Field dressed them? Field dressed, yeah. I've never field dressed a deer before in my life. I wouldn't know what to do. But you could do it's that. Hard. And then you throw it up on your shoulder and you and you go. It, I, I'm saying that land's a little hilly, and it's a pain. Because after I mean, you shoot that 80-pound doe and you field dresser, she only weigh like 60, 50. I ain't shooting no 80-pound doe. And you say that now. I ain't never shot one before. And who who could who could say if you have or haven't? I mean, I'm just being honest with you. I've never shot one. Everybody shot a small deer before in their lifetime. I've not shot a small doe. I have not. Button buck. <laughs> nope. Aaron, I'm really patient. Aaron, do you believe this man? Uh I feel like everybody shot a small deer before in their lifetime. I've also been extremely like grateful and I guess privileged to I've hunted some really good areas. I mean I haven't had to to do that. I mean hunting in Texas I shot I I shot that big deer. I didn't see anything small when I was there. I mean, I think the smallest I saw was a little eight point, and then I saw the big buck, and I killed him. And then the other place I hunted in Texas, um, I killed a decent-sized doe out there and didn't shoot any bucks. But, I mean, I never – I mean, I always saw good deer. And then, obviously, Josh's place, hell, you hunted out there for a couple hours and saw a buck. I saw a spike. Just shot it. Yeah, well, that's called an illegal deer, and I, I, I didn't. Oh, I didn't know what your buddy, because all I'd heard was this was managed land and this and that. So, I mean, it literally walked ten yards in front of me. 
He talks a lot of shit, but he ain't going to say nothing. Well, that was the first time I'd met the guy. But, yeah, literally I was in a, a creek bottom, and this little spike came within like 10, 15 yards away from me. And it didn't spook until I just was in a position where I just had to move. So, <laughs> No, I'm ex- I hopefully get to go out there. That's the plan this weekend because well, that place is absolutely incredible. I was supposed to go hunting with Aaron over Thanksgiving. He had invited me, and then he decided to have a a, a, a wooded honeymoon with his with his bride. So you're uninvited. I got uninvited real quick because uh, n- you know no boom boom in the in the airstream with a guest. So or you just <laughs> get a hotel and drive, bro. Uh, hey, dude, we, we, we are gonna Josh- have to. We're gonna have to pick a weekend in December. Uh, probably, probably right after Christmas might be the best time to have some guests this year. I don't even know. What, I don't even know what my schedule is looking like because this El Paso thing. Who knows what's going on with it? But it, that's all work. That, I was told it could be open. like three weeks to two months delay on that, and then this job in Corpus went uh, went real good for us because. They were getting mad at us about this roof, and then they realized that the Navy, that the original roofer put it on incorrectly, so we're just putting a Band-Aid on it, so it made our job real easy. Keep your schedule open next week. Who knows? Josh might still be there. I'll go if if you're there. I mean, if he's still there, I mean, I'll talk to him. Yeah, I I just wouldn't go someplace that's a friend of a friend if that friend wasn't there it'd just be too weird i don't know if he's gonna be there this weekend but if he's still managing it my ass is going i don't care if he's there or not oh goodness i know Uh, enough about it aaron i meant that do you have you put any cameras out anywhere else besides your two stands like do you ever do any around the the club stands or anything no uh there, there's some places I probably could. I did one last year. I put it at the, we call it the sinkhole stand, just a little, probably a quarter of an acre food plot. Uh, but it gets good traffic. I mean, I uh, two years ago, I was hunting there and had five bucks walk out on me. Uh, and heck, they the order they came out in, they came in uh, from smallest to largest. Like the first one was like a spike, the next one was a cow horn, the next one was like a three point, then there was a five point, then there was an eight point, and I never saw the last one. I'm sure it was a Goliath though, because it, it never came out. I just hung out behind the the uh, shooting house in the the brush. But so you don't no, put cameras out. I haven't put all. any out. No, not really. And that's like those those corn feeders, man. I'm sitting here thinking I've already spent two hundred dollars in corn from late july till when i pulled those corn feeders out and heck last year the two deer i killed i killed them off of a grass patch no corn and the next year in the spring we'll build you some fences around it have any of y'all tried um like peanut butter or syrup or honey on a tree or anything no i've never heard of that i forget who i saw peanut butter before yeah, I saw it in Academy. I think it was Primos or one of them, but they were selling some kind of deer spread that uh, looks like the new baby food with the like the the screwable cap or whatever that's in the the plastic squeeze thing or whatnot. But I was thinking because you always you know deer like sweet things, so 
I figured just rubbing some good old Jiffy peanut butter or some log cabin maple syrup or I don't know a brand of honey, but you know. You might. I mean, I don't I don't know. Aaron, I think you need to put the feeders back up though. You know, I mean, they, what they did last year without hogs, I'm not I am not at all enthused about feeding hogs. What they did last year was pattern does, and I was able to go to my stands and know that there was a great chance I was going to see something. And at rut last year, it was really probably pre-rut, a good mature he had to be four and a half years old or better. I mean, thick old neck on him, big old brisket, big old swagging, swanging brisket. Uh, I, I just, he, he came to the corn feeder during daylight. It was like December 20th. And that was the first time I'd ever seen a mature buck on camera during the day at a corn feeder. So I don't know. It I hate on him a little bit, but yeah. I would put some. I'd put them back out there. It doesn't hurt nothing. Maybe switch it to once a day that you're feeding. I don't know how many times you're doing it, but. Well, if I if I put them back out, I'm gonna have to get some like rebar or some kind of stakes to to strap them down so they don't get knocked over again. You just gotta build one of those little fences around it. <clears throat> That's what we did in Texas. Chambers, you saw that one, didn't you? Yeah, That's and pricey, I, I told you and Dan, you and Aaron to talk about it at the beach house, I think, or sometime. This got brought up before. <clears throat> I don't. I mean, I think you can get away with it and it not be crazy, but I'd have to look at it. All right, well, I think we've got our hunting in for this episode. We are in towards the end of football season. Last week was a shocking and not shocking things happening. Didn't see Tennessee winning, and then they went out and busted Kentucky in the nose. Auburn played about what I would expect with Georgia. I actually thought Auburn would probably cover the spread, and it didn't end up happening. And then Mississippi State and Alabama. Uh Aaron, you want to talk about that? Yes, sir. Mike? Uh Uh-huh. Danny? Yep. About four years ago, when really, well, four years ago, State was pretty dang good. Let's say more like five or six years ago, I was talking to my cousin about football, and we, and we, we had just come out of the Alabama game, and I told him, I told him that I was about to start a conspiracy, that the SEC was protecting Alabama so that they always had a surefire candidate for either the BCS and then now the playoff. It's like it's like they picked their their prize pony, and that's who they're going to put all their bets on. And I don't know the money, Mike, Danny, y'all might know. There's got to be some money tied up in all this, like for appearances and in in being in the playoff and what it does for revenue for the SEC. I don't know. But after Saturday's game, I, and, and look, let me put this uh, side note in there with three asterisks, okay? Star, 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 asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. 
we would have never won the game. I, I believe Alabama's the better team, had the better athletes. Uh, simply put, our offense versus their defense, was it was just too overmatched to win. It still, with that being said, does not excuse the officiating in that game. It is the, the, I, I, I can watch a game and tell when a bad call is being made, but when you're playing Alabama, it's amplified because you know that you cannot make mistakes, and every little thing has to go your way. But it's like the Florida game where I came on here and said, why in the hell are we reviewing a play on the first drive that in real time looks good? It looked like a catch, you know, and... You go back and watch a replay, and I'm still not sure I saw anything. But you know, they overturned it, and then late in the fourth quarter, when the game's on the line, and you know, you still have a chance to win, and something happens, and they just don't review it. It, it goes back to this game. The same thing happened, just the opposite. You you have a fumble, which hardly ever happens against Alabama, and the refs they just go, "Nope, he was down. He was down." And, you know, whatever excuses. Moorhead should have challenged it, whatever. He should have took a timeout right there. He, he, his information from the booth was that the knee was down. So, But that's that call right there, as soon as I saw that, I said, it's the same old, same old. The, the refs, whether, whether or not it's – I see some possibilities here, okay? Number one, it could be corruption. It really could be. There, there could be some money changing hands. It could be, it could be from boosters. It could be from Alabama itself. I don't know. That, that's a possibility. Probably not that likely, but it's still possible. What I think it is, is that the refs go into the game just knowing how good Alabama is, and they just see it through crimson colored glasses. I'm not saying they're Alabama fans, but they just, they just look at the game and they say, yeah, it's truly, a, it's definitely a superior team, and. Surely that was a block in the back. It had to be because Alabama, the only way to make them fall and miss the, the ball carrier is if it was some kind of penalty. You know, oh, surely that wasn't a fumble. Alabama hasn't fumbled at all this season, you know. So those are the two possibilities I see. I don't see a third possibility where there's this many people that are watching these games and saying, nah, there's no way we're getting all these crappy calls. And then you turn around at the end of the game – and Alabama played a flawless game. Are you kidding me? Did you watch the same game I watched? That was not a flawless game. Uh, anyway, I've got some calls here that pissed me off. No review on the fumble on the first drive. Any other game, that, that, is, that is reviewed every single time. Well, who recovered the ball? Mississippi State. State. Number two. The, what, the wait, wait, well, hold up, hold up. Well, let's just go by them point by point because I didn't watch a lot of the State-Alabama game because the Tennessee-Kentucky game was going on at the same time. So, Alabama fumbled the ball and Mississippi State recovered it. Mm-hmm. Then how come it Mississippi State sh- getting the ball? Because they called him down and he wasn't down. Everybody saw that he wasn't down. <clears throat> Mississippi State should have challenged that. Fault one on Moorhead, Okay. Ah, I mean, yeah. Well, SEC's got to be better. They do, but but a coach can't. But if it looks like they're not going to review it, then you got to call a timeout because they'll give you that timeout back. If they review it and they go, "Oh, it was," then they'll give you the timeout back. I'm going to say this: that the SEC has been abundantly 
they have been terrible. The SEC crews have been absolutely oh, atrocious ridiculous. all year with the bullshit calls. And I, I'm sorry, Aaron, but Auburn got hosed against Mississippi State. I mean, the the fact that they only had one angle is it's it's chicken shit, and it shouldn't get referees should not be able to dictate a game, the outcome of it. And I will say that, man, you're selling Mississippi State short. I do not think Alabama's defense overmatched Mississippi State's offense at all. There was – Mississippi State left a lot on that field, and some of it the refs took. Some of it they screwed themselves by drop balls or whatnot. They were open, and St- or Fitzgerald hit them, and they dropped it because you and I were talking about it. And yeah. Mississippi State – Alabama's not that much better than Mississippi State. But the damn calls are ridiculous. Oh, momentum killers is what. And, and I, in my head, in my head, it with fair officiating, this is a seventeen to seven ball game. And and it's still, I mean, you could argue, you know, it wasn't that close in the first half, and that's fine. But I, heck, I'm sitting here thinking, this other call, the very next call that I'm going to say was was BS, is uh part of that second drive that Alabama put together where, um, golly, who was it? And it, it, it's Alabama wide receiver down the field. He cuts off his route and tries to come back, and he creates incidental contact, but he initiates it with a Mississippi uh, State defender, and the ball goes 15 yards past him just about, maybe maybe more like 10 yards, but it went in the opposite direction that he cuts his route off from. And then he throws up his hands and he gets a flag. It's like there's no way it's Smitherman. There's no way that that contact affected the outcome of that play. The receiver didn't know his damn route. That has nothing to do with pass interference. There was no holding. There was no pushing. He, he cut off his route and ran into Smitherman. And, and they got 15 yards off of that. That was a third down play, I believe. It's garbage. And that That's kept what- their drive alive. That's why I didn't like when they introduced, uh, and I'm glad college football doesn't have it, but that's why I didn't like when they introduced defensive holding into the NFL because if it wasn't really pass interference and it was just a little hand checking or a little bit, it was defensive holding. If it wasn't enough for the pass interference, then it's automatically defensive holding, which I I think is a horrible, horrible call in the NFL, but they want to get rid of defense anyway, so – but, yeah, uh, I agree with you on that one, Aaron. The third call I'm pissed off about is the block in the back that the ref, there's no way that he could have even seen the contact. All nope. he sees is an Alabama player diving toward the play, and he calls block in the back. Which uh, So this is why I say we earned a touchdown against Alabama. That's That was not a shutout. They did not pitch a shutout. I know what the score is going to be recorded in history, but it's wrong. We we earned a touchdown. And everything that happened after it that everybody wants to say, oh, that's on Mississippi State, it's hard enough to get the ball in the end zone one freaking time against them, much less to have to do it a second and third time to convince the officials that we deserve the seven points or the six points. So we earned a touchdown, should have got seven points. Instead, they call block in the back and back us up. we got to try again. On the ensuing play, they call – uh, they call a delay of game while Moorhead is in their ear calling timeout. They don't give it to him. Instead, they flag us, delay of game, five yards, back it up. Um, honestly, I think Fitz though, gets sacked. Honestly, though, Fitz should have called that timeout. He's literally 
20 yards away from a giant clock that's going five, four. He's a fifth-year quarterback. It's not like he's a freshman at Alabama for the first time. He's still moving running backs around when it's at two seconds. I mean, call a timeout. Be smart. The block in the you back, though. That. The block in the back, though. I, I, I saw the replay. I saw the play. Yeah, it's a terrible call. I get why it was called, though, because the Mississippi State wide receiver fully extends his arm behind an Alabama player that suddenly hits the ground. Yeah, he didn't touch him, but it still looked bad. And for an official that's trying to follow the ball and follow this, just looking and seeing an Alabama guy hit the ground with the Mississippi State player with his arms extended then raising them up in the air – yeah. It didn't look good. Now, we know through the replay he didn't touch him, but that's not a reviewable play. It's not a reviewable call. So he, That you player know that, really hurt Mississippi State. He cost Mississippi State 14 points. Number two did, the wide receiver, with the muffed punt and then that penalty. He cost Mississippi State 14 points. Well, yeah, okay. The, the, the muffed punt's 100% on us. I don't have anything to say about that. But, Did you uh, rewatch it after I sent something to you? With Talking the, about the rule, the, no longer the, the rule. halo rule. There isn't a halo rule, so basically, as long as you don't get touched, you can be within a foot of him. As long as you don't touch him or impede him from catching the ball, it's not a penalty. Ah, that's that's so that. subjective, though. Yeah, during I mean, the Auburn game, when uh, when the Auburn player literally tackled the Georgia guy, text Andy and goes, that, that's catch interference right there. And he goes, no shit. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm, that's a newer rule. Yeah. I don't I, like I, it. I'm, I, I'm still hung up on the block in the back because I, I get what you're saying, Michael. I get that it doesn't look good. But for the rest of the game, and I've got a screenshot. I need to send it to you all right now. Uh, for the rest of the game, we, we've got an, an, an elite defensive line. And we, we proved that on Saturday where we just about killed Tua and they had to take him out of the game because we were going to break his legs off if they didn't. Should have. But it's interesting. All right, here it comes. How in this picture you'll see that this jersey, uh, and, I, and I actually don't even know who this lineman is, but he's trying to tackle Harry. Harris, and his jersey is stretched all the way across his chest. He's facing away from the uh, the offensive lineman, and he's trying to make the tackle, but his jersey is stretched all the way across his chest. And that sure looks like a hold to me. I'm pretty sure that by definition that's a hold, but no, that's no, no, that's just good offensive line play. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know like what holding, penalty, I don't know what holding is anymore. I think I've seen more hands to the face called this year than I have holding. I don't know, man. There, it It's frustrating. Auburn got hosed with the holding bullshit, too. Because I think Georgia gets a lot of the same calls that Alabama does. I mean, I've seen players tackled this year, and then they just go, good block. No, no, that that's not a good block. Um, but it's it's the, the, the SEC refs have been really bad. They've dictated some games that – that's just on – I mean, you can't really – What's the point of playing if that's going to be the case? Like, dude, if you're not 100% sure, don't throw the damn flag. That, and there's been some questionable targeting stuff called. And uh, I know during the Tennessee-Kentucky game, there was – it was a little chippy because that's a rivalry game. 
and there I forget it was after a touchdown maybe or something but there was both teams were in the end zone jawing at each other and a Kentucky player in front of two officials punched a Tennessee player close fist now the rule is apparently that if it's open hands then it's just a PI but if you close fist hit somebody you're supposed to be ejected in front of two officials punched a Tennessee player and what did the officials do they gave everybody every every player on the field or on the on each team a personal foul which means if they would have got another one even if they weren't on the field for that you're ejected so they've been bad man and it sucks because you know the sec was always known for like really hard-nosed physical defenses and it's not there anymore it's just simply not I was also known for that because we had poor quarterback play. But, I mean, you just simply can't – you can't play like that anymore. I mean, Auburn got a dude ejected. I mean, did he target? Sure. But the guy was falling, so he kind of hit him when he was falling. I mean, I don't know how you're supposed to pull up when a guy – you're trying to make a tackle and the son bitch falls and you hit his head. Yeah, that's the whole thing about targeting is what is a defender supposed to do that's already lowered himself to hit somebody in the chest – and the player sees a hit coming and lowers himself to get hit in the head. That shouldn't be targeting because it's not. Yeah, it it's they. I think taking Tenet- it away from the game and with the how they're calling stuff like they have to be better. I think Tennessee's had three or four games in a row where they've had a player kicked out for targeting when it's has been questionable. We've had a couple. We had a guy that got targeted. He got kicked out in the first quarter, which he was our number two defense in and then the number one got hurt so we were down to like the number three <laughs> i mean we got it got down low i mean we couldn't get a call to save our lives it was it was rough but uh. it's just they have to be better because they cannot dictate the outcome especially playing against a team that is very good as in alabama you can't you can't cost another team that's my biggest complaint well i was there wasn't too many flags thrown for the, the Tennessee-Kentucky game, which I was – except for some – they were trying to control some chippiness or whatever. But other than that, it wasn't too bad. And then I don't know where that Tennessee team came from. I had people texting me going, what's wrong with Tennessee when they were up 24 to nothing or 17 to nothing, whatever it was. I was like, who the hell knows? Uh, uh, if we would have played like this, we may have beaten Florida – we, we probably don't beat Georgia. We should have beat South Carolina. I mean, uh, apparently this weekend uh, we had some, some good-time recruits there. Uh, uh, things I'm hearing from the Tennessee recruiting wire is that we may be – we're in good positions for a bunch of five-stars. Uh, Darnell Wright, the five-star offensive tackle. Quitavius Crouch, who's the number one athlete or – a five-star athlete at least. He's got Tennessee in his top three with Clemson and Michigan. There's talk about Pompano and there's – Papa, whatever it is. Uh, and there's talk of other ones. Uh, a lot of these kids are, I guess, seeing what Pruitt can do. But there's a lot of optimism on the, the people that follow recruiting for Tennessee. So we'll see what's going to happen. That Papa one all depends on what Auburn does with Gus. 
We'll see. That's the that's the big thing is with the whole bullshit with Gus. If he gets blasted by Alabama, he's gonna get fired. I don't and care then what that AD says. I read something the other day and they talked about Papa Papo, uh they talked about Wright and Crouch, and then they said there's another kid from oh, it's also Emory Jones, the running back. But they said there's another kid, they wouldn't name names, but there's another highly rated recruit from Georgia that nobody's talking about Tennessee with that apparently Tennessee's in a good position for. So we'll see if Pruitt's staff can close like they talked about last year. It can happen. Are y'all ready to uh, pick some games? Dude, I don't even know. Yeah, let's do it. Well, Aaron, how are we doing? I'm kicking y'all's ass. Well, yeah, whatever. <clears throat> yeah, I'm afraid he is. Um, well, good thing Danny didn't want us to spend $50 on dinner. $50 a person, but $50. Exactly. Man. Boy, I can go eat at Felix's. It's real good. Too bad you'll never get Aaron scheduled out to go take you out to eat. Um, bullshit, I'll bring him myself. <laughs> I'll be sitting at his house. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll make it happen. I know where you live, boy. <laughs> At least there's a lot of games this week with the non-conference kicking back in. Of course, um, I don't see us picking a lot of these games too differently with people like UMass and the Citadel and Idaho and Rice I'm on probably, the I'm and Chattanooga. I'm probably not going to watch any football this weekend. Well, I definitely have to sit through Gary and uh, who's his new guy. So he's not that bad. The new guy's not bad. No, the new Gary's guy's not bad at all. But Gary, yeah, that the Tennessee-Missouri game's a CBS game. CBS has been having like two games the last two weeks that I've had Dude, to sit through. They got the Auburn-Alabama game. Oh, of course they do. Pisses me off. I wish the SEC would get rid of the CBS. To hell with them. Change Gary Danielson and more night games or we're done. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Because I love – dude, the night games are just better. They're better games. Who did uh, Who did Danny pick in the South Carolina-Florida game? Florida. Uh, me and Abe were the only ones to pick South Carolina, which was looking real good for a little while until they choked it away. Until the game happened. Florida didn't lead until they took the lead. Well, that made I no sense, but until the final touchdown. Bitch. I took Mizzou, A&M, Alabama, Florida, Kentucky, Georgia, and LSU. I forgot to put the LSU one on there. Yeah, I, 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 we picked that one I for you. It. Yeah, we didn't LSU. think you were going to take Arkansas, which I told y'all that spread was tough for LSU and Arkansas. And Abe and Hallett, I think, were just like, no, I know Abe was at least. No, this should be – and they only won by seven. How's little giggles on here to crack me up? <laughs> At least he talked more this last time. Yeah, him and it. He sounds like his baby's sticking his butthole. <laughs> you know what Abe was doing, though? Abe was, like, talking, and then when he got done talking, he would mute himself. And then when he wanted to talk again, he'd unmute himself. I noticed that's um, what Abe was doing. No, everybody sounded good except for Aaron lagging. It's probably because he gets on his phone. Uh, Aaron, how's that math going? Math's hard. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. A simple win-loss is all this should have been. 
I'm man, winning by three. You saw UAB. Yeah. You know, we'll talk about that later. But man, UAB, they're fire. They're they're going to win. Uh, or they're going to be the second best team in the state of Alabama this year. You know, that's the old football coach at Prattville, Bill Clark. Well, yeah, but I mean, he was at UAB before before the shutdown. Was, yeah, I'm pretty sure he was the coach at Prattville when we played Prattville when I was in high school. And they beat the shit out of us. They beat us. They were beating us 28 to nothing before the first quarter was over with. <laughs> and they were loaded, bro. Like, they were so good. That was the most intimidating right. football play at the stadium I ever played in. So, uh, Danny is sitting at negative seven. <laughs> Mike, negative 14. <laughs> and I'm at negative 10. Well, so. Danny, that's what happens when you take some chances to climb the leaderboard and some teams <laughs> just don't follow through. Who did you take a chance on that I laughed when I was listening to it? Because I listened to it this morning while I was working. Ole Miss. I took a chance on Ole Miss. I took a chance on South Carolina. Um, I think it was like so – you didn't – no, it was Aaron that picked Auburn. You talked Aaron into picking Auburn. <laughs> I was <laughs> laughing. I was like a fucking reverse psychology, bro. He got him. I was trying to talk him into taking Mississippi State too. I Dude, there was no way that I was picking Auburn to win that game. Heck they just—they no. don't look good. They—they looked—they actually looked really good in the first half, except for one play, and it was the last play of the first half where they gave up that touchdown. Was that that fourth down play? Yes. He caught that ball, and I was like, "Touchdown!" Yep. <laughs> I didn't—I yeah, didn't have to see nothing else. He just caught, and I was like, "Oh, that's a touchdown." They're getting killed on the time of possession. Auburn goes way too has too way too many three and outs. That's what's killing them. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, we went to that game and you were bitching about the play call because you were like, here here comes, just like state fans are worried when we went, here comes another draw, here comes this and that. Tennessee actually came out against Kentucky in the first play of the game, they threw the ball and we run the ball on first down like before it had been like 80% of the time they ran the ball on first down. Tennessee broke some tendencies and I think got a little more aggressive and it, it helped them. Of course, it also helped that the defense – of line came to play. I mean, four sacks and held Benny Snell to 77 rushing yards and Terry Wilson to – Kentucky's just easy to figure like out. Just stop Less them from than 10 or running. something like that? Yeah. Stop them from running. Okay, so Danny's got a three-game lead on Aaron and a seven-game lead on myself. So the only way for me to win is to pick the Citadel versus Alabama, Middle Tennessee against Kentucky, Idaho against Florida, and then they just win. So, <laughs> Good luck. Okay, uh, we're all going to pick Alabama over the Citadel. We're all going to pick, I would assume, Kentucky over Middle Tennessee. Yes. Mm. No, I'm kidding. Um, we're <laughs> all going to pick Florida over Idaho. Yep. Okay. Oh, that's because these teams. I was going to say let's go off some spreads, but Idaho, there is no spread for Idaho, Florida, and there's nothing for Alabama Citadel yet on ESPN. It's going to be an ass kicking. Yeah. <laughs> it probably won't be. Kentucky's got a 14 point spread over Middle Tennessee. Middle Tennessee, 7 and 3 on the year. Ooh. I'm just taking whoever Aaron takes. <laughs> Well, that's why we're picking opposite. Okay, so the first game that we have any picking on is Mississippi State, Arkansas. Danny? Mississippi State. Yep, State. Y'all forget, Arkansas scored 31 against Alabama, right? 
yeah, and I do need to say there is. I don't think we're going to see this, but there is potential that the team comes into this a little dejected by the way the game went last weekend. Uh, I, I look for us to overcome it. It just might be a tight game for a longer time than we and, want it to be. But and your brother's getting married on a Mississippi smash. State home game. Bad juju. That is bad juju. Uh, the spread is nineteen and a half. Yeah, Mississippi State's going to win. Do you see them? Mississippi State guys were fighting Alabama, trying to fight Alabama guys after the game. <laughs> I yeah, I saw that. Right I got State as well. No, I'm going to take Arkansas. Pull the road upset. Dude, you're working on Aaron doubling up on you. I don't. Well, there's nothing. I've got. I ain't got to pay Aaron if for you, anything. If, if you get beat by more than double, you should have to pay. You should have to buy both of us dinner. Well, if Aaron would would have gave a crap in fantasy football, then maybe I would think about honoring that. But uh, yeah, you're doing Mike, just you about as well as him. Up on me, if you get this game up on me, this game, <laughs> MSU Arkansas, I'm gonna hate you forever. And uh, this is not the game. Danny owes you an adult beverage too at dinner. I don't even remember what that bet was about. Uh, it was Mississippi State covering or. Uh, uh, Oh, LaTeX scored 21 on LSU, and it was something to do with LaTeX scoring that many points against Mississippi State, which they didn't. So He never I formally know. accepted. I, I don't extended remember it. making that. Hallett and other people remember it. So what? Hallett's a dumbass. Don't listen to him. <laughs> I hope he listens to it. Hallett is a good man. Well, he tried to also say that I said A&M Stadium sucked. A&M Stadium's badass. Their school's nasty and it's not built up, but the the stadium's badass. It's super nice. He doesn't like it, his. Is how it is. Yeah, Charles. that's his first, first name, name or Charles. last name. It's Charles. I'm Charles a friend requesting Hallett. on Facebook. It's it's Hallett on there, but his legal name's Charles. I was waiting for you to say that in the last episode. I was listening to it. I was like, dude, just call him Charles. Somebody call him Charles. <laughs> I forget about that. Uh, all right, next game is tennis, uh, Missouri at Tennessee. Dude, let's uh, pick that one last. That's like the only good game. Okay. Uh, anybody think UMass is going to beat Georgia? No. Anybody think Liberty is going to beat Auburn? No. UAB A&M. I'm telling you, UAB's got a defense. The spread is still 16 points. Wow, that's surprising. I would take UAB in the points. Game. I would definitely take UAB in the points, probably. Who are you picking? It's at A&M. I would more than likely take, because it looks like UAB gets a lot of production through the ground. And other than that Mississippi State game, you know, apparently uh, A&M's got a good run defense. Uh, I'll take A&M. But if I was a betting man, which I kind of am, I would take UAB plus the points. Might have oh, to put that Aaron. on the parlay. Uh, I've got A&M. Not so fast. Oh, Corso has been terrible. <laughs> like, I hate what he's doing this year where he talks up the home team and then he's like, they're this, they're that, but I'm going to pick Alabama. I'm going to pick Clemson. No, just quit doing that, Corso. Pissing I love me off. Corso. I love Corso. I you think he talk, had a, you 
I think he had a stroke or something. I mean, he's spitting up and drooling and can't say his words anymore. Of course, that could be his dentures, but. I actually, I'm going to take A&M, but I think, (laughs) I think UAB is going to shock something. So you're taking UAB in the points. If I took the, if I were, I might bet it. Um, I think UAB is pretty good. Should be undefeated. Aaron? He already said A&M. Oh, did he? Yeah. Um, we all take an LSU with Rice? Yeah. What is going on at your place, Mike? That's not mine. Y'all uh, figure that? Yeah, the doc, Tristan, must be home. Chattanooga, South Carolina. We all take in South Carolina? Yeah. All right. Ole Miss at Vanderbilt. Vandy, baby. Ole Miss. Hopefully that quarterback's healthy. All right, Danny's got Vandy. Mike's got Ole Miss. Uh Uh-huh. Of course, I picked Ole Miss last weekend without realizing that – the Hawaiian was hurt and that his knee wasn't 100% and that the running back wasn't 100% and they still they cost me on some points. I don't even, my parlay I missed five picks on the parlay, seven right, but that one hurt. I lost the first game of my parlay. The Wisconsin Penn State. All right. I got to go with Ole Miss here. I got to get a pick up on Danny. I think this is a good one to roll the dice on. I'm taking Vandy because Vandy has some resemblance of a defense and Ole Miss doesn't, and Ole Miss is all uh, – I know. don't know. If you watch that A&M game, Ole Miss played defense for a while in that game. I mean, they played some good defense. Give me Vandy. Where's it played at? Vandy. Oh, give me Vandy, baby. But Nashville isn't that far from Ole Miss. So. Commodores. All right. Tennessee, Missouri. Aaron? I'm going to ride the hot hand here. I'm going to ride Tennessee. Ride Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Danny, what you doing? Uh, well, it's, it's – I think Tennessee Mi- is not Missouri bad. is a six-point favorite. I don't think Tennessee is bad, but I also – I don't – I think that, you know, correct me on this, how do they fare against pass-happy teams? Uh, what would you consider pass-happy? <laughs> Who have they lost to? They have lost to Alabama, Georgia, Florida, and South Carolina. We should have won the South Carolina game. Defense let us down. And West Virginia. We got blown out at the beginning of the season by West Virginia. I'm going to go Tennessee. God. Because <sighs> I just don't think ve- Missouri, Mizzou's defense is very good. And I think, you know, Pruitt will have enough of a game plan to slow him down a little bit. And I just also think Drew Locke's so damn hit or miss. But it wouldn't surprise me because A&M, or Missouri did something like this last year. They lost like the first six games and they won the last six. Well, Missouri, like I said on the last one, Drew Locke's – First four SEC games, 
His numbers were just terrible. And then against Florida and Vanderbilt, they improved dramatically. Uh, I'm, I haven't, I don't think I've picked Tennessee once on this show, except for the easy ones like UTEP and Charlotte. You picked them in South Carolina, didn't you? Mm, I don't think so. Thought you did. I took them against Florida, maybe. I don't know. I haven't picked Tennessee a lot. I might jinx them, but uh, if we go into the Missouri game, like we went into the Kentucky game, we should win. So I'll take Tennessee as well. Where is it at? Tennessee. And then next week we travel to Vanderbilt. Oh, fight Commodores, baby. Tennessee can improve. Tennessee is sixth in the East right now. With two wins, we only become fifth. <laughs> because uh, South Carolina is at, locked in at four and four, and we could improve to four and four, so we can't jump South Carolina. But. Seven and five for Tennessee is a lot better than what a lot of people thought we would be. So, anybody got anything else? Is that the last game? That's the last game. Everybody's playing cupcakes uh, except for Arkansas, Mississippi State, Missouri, Tennessee, and Ole Miss Vandy. Everybody else is playing cupcakes. That's a cupcake for Mississippi State. Come on now. It's an SEC game, so. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. We'll see you all next time at the Lodge. Good night.